1140. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Taking you up to 2 p.m. We will be joined in a moment by Luke Lipinski of Arizona Sports, co-host of The Wolf and Luke to talk all things Arizona. You know, I'm actually going to talk to him too, Chris. I will be taking a trip to Phoenix, Scottsdale in March. Really? Spring training. Mm-hmm. Just going to try and figure out the spots and all that stuff? or You know, I have some buddies down there, but maybe I'll maybe I'll link up yeah. with Luke. I mean, I hear the golfing's like incredible. Oh, it is. I mean, like, have, especially during March and stuff. Yeah, we have two places booked already. Really? Yeah, two <laughs> golf. Months in Two advance. golf. Wow. I have to buy, honestly, I don't have a travel golf bag I've sure been right i didn't it, think about that but i think i'm a, i think i'm finally gonna have to get it got to yeah and just get you it can borrow my grandpa's please thank you can, can <laughs> Thanks, i can man. i I'm just serious. rent one i literally just need one for this trip but i but i ultimately you probably could rent one i would assume yeah i just I i'm just not joking you can borrow it yeah. we'll talk <laughs> we'll talk we are joined now by our guy luke lipinski of arizona sports co-host of the Wolf and Luke. Luke, thanks for joining us. We know you got your own show. So thank you for taking time out of your day to talk on our show from the Brother Sister Station. Yeah, for sure. Good to be on. So let's start here, Luke, with the the Suns are 0-2 against the Kings. But, you know, the first time they played the Kings, there was no KD. The second time, there was no Bradley Beal. First time the Kings are getting a look at the Suns fully loaded what has been kind of your takeaway from the Suns finally getting to see the big three? Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still a work in progress. They've basically, they've played seven games together. Mm-hmm. They played an eighth, but Beal got hurt after five minutes. So seven games. They're four and three in those seven games, but they have won two in a row. They finally have played the last four in a row. So, you know, it's going to be a different look for the, for the Kings tonight, obviously seeing the big three, but you know, from the Suns' perspective, it's, it, we're kind of waiting to see, you know, what's going to happen here from down here, too, because you're right, 0-2 against the Kings, and, and Sacramento was clearly the better team in both those games. But the thought, if you're a Suns fan, was like, all right, but let's see what happens when all three of the main guys are playing. Mm-hmm. Now they finally are, so there's no more excuses. Luke, and yeah, I was looking at the the Suns' record really since the start of December is pretty much around 500. I think it was 11-10, and 10, or 10-11, uh, and 11. Is that mainly just due to the inconsistency of the lineups? I mean, I can't imagine it's it's easy for Frank Vogel who's in his first year to kind of figure out all this stuff on the fly. Has it mainly just been not knowing who you're going to get every single night? Yeah, I mean, for the most part it is, you know, and, and that's what's been so maddening watching this team night in and night out, and I'm sure even playing for the team. It's certainly for Frank Vogel, like you just said, is there's a long stretch there where it's like, hey, is something wrong with this team? Or is it just a lack of continuity? Because it's not even just the big three. Like, a lot of the bench guys have been in and out of the lineup, yeah. and they're in and out of the rotation when some of these guys are and aren't playing. So, I, like I said, it's still a work in progress. Nothing is, is, like, set now. But you mentioned their record since the start of December, and that's true, and they, they struggled there for a while. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10, and, and there's actually been a little bit of a thought-slash-hope, whatever, from down here that, the game against the Lakers two games ago was maybe a turning point because they were pretty much fully healthy and they were able to beat the Lakers for the first time this year. And, you know, they've only played one game since then, but they're 2-0 and since then. 
talking to Luke Lipinski of Arizona Sports, co-host of The Wolf and Luke. So, Luke, what is the vibe down there as far as trades and the trade deadline? You might be the only team that hasn't been associated with Pascal Siakam <laughs> up here. We're just tired of hearing about it. What do you think the Suns do at the trade deadline? Well, you know, if it makes you feel any better, in years past, the Suns have been associated with Pascal. Ah, there you go. There you go. It's unescapable. Um, the the thought, you know, Chris Haynes mentioned this on the TNT broadcast against the Lakers on Thursday, that the Suns are really more intent on trying to find an athletic wing than they are a point guard. Uh, and the point guard conversation has been going down here for a few years. It's certainly going now. But but I, I do tend to believe what Chris is saying there, that just kind of the way the Suns have built this, that they maybe aren't going to prioritize even adding any help at point guard because their thought seems to be, if we've got Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal and Devin Booker, we don't need a point guard. If we don't have all three of those guys, we're not going to win a title anyway. So I actually tend to believe what he's saying, even though it kind of flies in the face of conventional wisdom. Athletic wing would be great. I'm assuming pretty much every playoff team would like an athletic wing, so we'll see if yeah. they can pull it off. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll take one over here in Sacramento too. I, I think the the thing too that's uh, – I mean, you kind of mentioned it with the, with the Suns bench – they they don't really seem to have many more trade pieces to have. And so do you see this team, honestly, I, I don't want to say skipping out on the deadline, but do you think that their focus might be more so on the buyout market? I mean, we've seen teams who, who tend to have these stars and not a lot of cap space available really try and attack the, the buyout market. You just haven't really heard many buyout candidates this year, but is, is that maybe the route the Suns are going to go? I think it's certainly a possibility because, you know, with the trades, they don't really have picks left to trade, not anything of right. significant. And so most of the players they'd be able to trade are guys that they got to kind of come here on maybe a little bit of a better deal to play with Durant, Booker, and Beal. And a lot of those guys are only on one-year deals anyway. So, I mean, chances are if you're trading those guys, you're trading them to other playoff teams. Right. So you're not really getting what you want from right. them. So I, I think they'd like to trade. But you're right, the buyout market has to be, you know, it absolutely is going to be on the top of James Jones' priority list. And, you know, it's not like they need a ton that they can realistically get. I think their best chance of improving to the point where they're a title contender is just guys getting to play together and sort of, uh, you know, developing some chemistry beyond just Beal, Booker, and Durant. Talking to Luke Lipinski of Arizona Sports, co-host of The Wolf and Luke. And, Luke, we both have gripes going on here about the all-star situation. No Sabonis in the front court for the Kings. No Devin Booker for the the guards as far as the fan voting. What are your thoughts on the fan voting aspect? Obviously, it's only 50%, and a lot of these guys will get in anyway. But can you explain why you think he might be in? We're not really sure why Sabonis isn't in. We know that... You know, in the playoffs last season, it didn't do great for the national narrative. But the whole small market thing's gone out the window because people seem to love Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, the the fan voting thing, I, I get why they do it. You know, I, I'm maybe coming at this from a different angle than a lot of people that cover the Suns. But a couple of years ago, there was a lot of hand-wringing about why Devin Booker wasn't an all-star. And, like, I, I got it, but I also was looking around and saying, hey, some of these other guys that are getting guard spots in the in the Western Conference are, are pretty amazing. And ultimately, you know, I want Devin Booker healthy and ready to go for the playoffs anyway. 
But but this year it did kind of hit me differently, especially when those first returns came out. And he wasn't even in the top ten among Western Conference guards because then it's like I thought this guy broke through. And even if he's not going to start or even if he doesn't make the team because there's a ton of good guards again, but when I see fans don't even have him in the top ten among Western Conference guards mm-hmm. and Kevin Durant at that point had 1.8 million votes, that's his teammate, and Devin Booker didn't even have 170,000. Mm. It was so glaring. It made me think that there's like that people just don't like Devin Booker around the league. Yeah. No, it it it's confusing, but you know, just tell you, you know, I know you I don't have to tell you. You're telling everybody out there go out there and vote. Luke, before we let you go, let's let's cross over here into some football because I mean, what a mess with how everything went down this weekend in the NFC East. And one name that I brought up or we've been bringing up is, look, the Cardinals, what, they have the fourth pick right now in the draft. Kyler Murray, do you think he's in a Cardinals jersey next season? What do you think they ultimately do out there, the Cardinals and Kyler Murray, with this QB situation? Yeah, I think they stick with them. You know, mm. my my belief coming into the season was, for me, the only way I wouldn't have I wouldn't have stuck with them is if I ended up with the first pick, and Caleb Williams had another, you know, Heisman caliber season, even if he didn't win it. And it's not like I have a bunch of questions about Caleb Williams. I think he'll be good. You know, I, I, I don't know that he would want to play for certain teams, and that would be a concern. But the Cardinals can't get him anyway. So if you're moving on from Kyler Murray, I mean, I think he'd be a lot more tradable than people thought because there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. But the problem is if you move on from him, Who's your quarterback? I, I don't. I don't want to take you know Jaden Daniels or JJ McCarthy or whoever and basically start over there. Mm-hmm. And more importantly than what I think, Jonathan Gannon loves the guy. He really Kyler has really responded well to, to JG basically since day one. So I, I think their best move is is to stick with him and hope Marvin Harrison Jr. is there at four. Luke, I actually have one one quick question on on the Cardinals as well. I remember last year in that in that survey that the Athletic uh, released that uh, you know polled tons of players and I think coaches as well. Um, the Cardinals finished last in in a lot of those categories. Has that was that a big talking point this year at all? And and I mean, is there has there been any effort to try and fix those rankings at all? I mean, make the situation better? I mean, there was crazy reports of some of the situations that were happening there. Uh, just just kind of how much of a conversation has that been in Arizona? Uh, it was it was a big conversation when it first came out. And I, if I remember right, that, that survey is supposed to come out every other year now going forward. So it will be interesting to see what where they rank in some of the areas that we don't necessarily see as media members, you know, uh, whether it's the cafeteria or the training room or whatever. But when that came out, it was in the middle of, of just such a mess for, in so many different ways for the Cardinals that, um, you know, it's not that it wasn't talked about. Trust me, it was quite a bit. But the focus at the time was like, can they rebuild this culture that has just become an absolute disaster at that point? You know, what, what are they doing as far as it, it, with Kyler Murray? Does he want to be here? There were so many other questions. Those ones that were more outward questions, like are they willing to move on from Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury and make some good hires, those have at least been answered in a pretty good way, and Kyler's responded pretty well to it as well. So I I can't speak to all the specific elements of the survey, but I can tell you the optimism around this team was – it felt to me like it was at an all-time low last year at this time, and it's at least going in the right direction now. Luke Lipinski of Arizona Sports, The Wolf and Luke. You can catch them on our brother's sister station. Luke, thank you so much for taking the time. We will do this again soon. Sounds good. Thank you. 
Got to get to a break. When we get back, Mike Brown has been fined. Did he deserve the amount? We'll discuss. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Sacktown Sports. Thank you to Luke Lipinski of Arizona Sports, co-host of The Wolf and Luke. You can catch them on Arizona Sports. Thank you to Luke for spending some time with their brother station out here in Sacramento. He thinks that the Cardinals are going to keep Kyler Murray, so they need help. I don't know really the ins and outs of it. I just know they stunk. Yeah. So I'm assuming you trade. You could probably still get Drake May at four. They probably yeah. going to trade that pick. If you're keeping Kyler Murray, you're trading that pick. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would assume. It feels a little backwards, doesn't it, to like build from the quarterback out? Like, wouldn't you? If I'm building a franchise, I would much rather get a solid offensive line, get a good receiver, and then get a quarterback. Like, to me, you're yeah. working backwards if you're getting the quarterback. And then, I mean, look at Bryce Young this year. Like, was this year productive for Bryce Young. I mean, he did get snaps. He got thrown in some really bad situations, but is he going to be better for that next year? Yeah, it depends on how far away you think that the team is, and I don't think that the Cardinals think they're as far away as the Panthers. And Bryce is... I I don't see how the Cardinals turn this thing around. They have to feel that way, because Bryce is starting from scratch, right? so you can grow together... You're right. Kyler ha- is a bit established, and he's on a big contract already. Yeah. So you got to get guys, and depending on what you need, right, how long does it take an edge rusher to get acclimated? Right. How long does it take? And I think maybe that's part of it. Hey, a lot of these guys can turn it around pretty quickly here. Sure. So may- maybe that's what it is. But very interesting. I thought Makes for it sure. a lot more fun if Kyler's available, doesn't it? It I mean, does. You know, you it can does. throw him on so many teams and still have a lot of questions. Yeah, but maybe that's the kind of the perfect spot for, for both of them. Yeah, I know Kyle is from Texas, like yeah. we discussed, but I don't know if he could ha- handle those bright lights. and, and they, Yeah, maybe it's just a perfect spot for him. Yeah. All right, all guests and callers join us from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Let's get out to Dale, who wants to be a part of the conversation. What's up, Dale? You're on Styles and Watkins. What you got? Hey, Styles and Watkins. Thanks for taking my call. No problem. Of hey, course. Um, I, I've got King's Talk. Love it. Um, all right, so I talked to you guys the other day, actually, about three days ago before football happened over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I spoke about, you know, trading for Siakam or trading for anybody, trading for anybody. And, and, and you know, I've, I've reorganized my thoughts. I, I don't understand what the hesitation is in putting Malik Monk into the starting five, mm-hmm. right? Because if you put him in the starting five, now what you have to do is trade for another spark plug off the bench, which will be way cheaper than trading for a star because Malik Monk is already a star. Yeah. No, thanks for the call, Dale. It's the conversation that we've had time and time again. Is it easier if you feel like Malik and, the, and, and, and really it's, do you think Malik is that good? Yeah. Right. Malik is an elite spark plug off the bench. Like we said, I believe he is a championship-level spark plug off the bench. Yeah. Is Malik a championship-level two-guard 
I don't know. Yeah. I just I just don't know. I also kind of disagree with the thought that it's easier to replace Malik just because he's a bench guy. I think what Malik does coming off the bench is extraordinary and it's hard to find an extraordinary bench player. Like to me, you know, back in the day people weren't saying throw Bobby Jackson in the starting lineup instead mm-hmm. of which is kind of what we're saying now. We right now people are saying throw Bobby Jackson in the starting lineup instead of go out there and find a Doug Christie. Mm-hmm. To me, I don't want to say it's easier to go find a Doug Christie, but to me, if you already have this guy excelling in his role, I don't want to take him out of that role. It sounds like we found the perfect spot for him. I think what the real problem is is there's a hole at the two. To me, it's a lot easier, or it's a, it might not even be a lot easier, but it's at least the same challenge to try and figure out that spot than to figure out an elite elite bench player. I mean, there's only, like, what? I mean, there's Tim Hardaway. You see Bogdan Bogdanovich. You see Jordan Clarkson. You see Emmanuel Quickly, who's no longer coming off the bench. There's not many guys who do what Malik does every single night. I don't know if you necessarily want to lose that advantage of having a guy come off the bench and, and excel. But, you know, we've also had this Malik Monk conversation a hundred times. Yeah, the, the way I would the way I would compare it, right? And you know the guys out here, Lou Will, Lou Williams, who we know he's on our bad side because he was talking about Sacramento. Oh, that's right. I forgot about and, that. And the Jamal Crawford situation as well. And those guys, I'm sure the same conversations happened, but they just wanted to be in that role. That I'm not saying Malik Monk can't be a starter, but I do think maybe the math is being done a little bit too easily. And just assuming that Malik is going to be as good of yep. a player as he is mm-hmm. in a starting role, I think I don't know. Yeah. And if you want to argue, hey, Allen, we don't know, so let's at least see. Sure. I'm not I'm not against that, no, right? Yeah. But I think that what would end up happening is again taking it back to baseball as I always do. It's that closer role, and honestly, it's what the Giants are about to try with Jordan Hicks. <laughs> it's that closer role who's been balling out as a closer. So now let's put him in the rotation, and the third time around the order, the second time around the order, he doesn't got it like that because right. he's just better in spurts. So that's what I fear with Malik Monk. Totally, it's not apples to apples. To just say, look at what Malik does when he comes in the game. Let's just insert that into the starting lineup and everything is gravy. Yeah. I just don't think it would be that simple. If the argument is, let's just see, and if it stinks, it stinks, okay, that's fine. And yeah. then somebody would argue, well, you could throw off their rhythm or whatever it is. Yep. I just don't think we'll ever know. And not to call it a moot point because anything can change, but out of all the things that Coach Mike Brown has moved around on this team from Keon Ellis to Colby Jones to Chris Duarte. The one thing that man (laughs) won't change is Malik Monk in the starting lineup. Mm -hmm. So it's almost as if we we can have these conversations, but until we, Chris or myself or anybody listening to a pregame or postgame, until it sounds like he's even moving in that direction, it is kind of a moot point yeah. because he ain't going to do it. it. We got to get that cut that Nick Saban. Yeah. Stop, Stop asking me because <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do it. It ain't yeah. going to happen yeah. until it even feels like he's willing to entertain it. That's where I'm at with this. And, and But I do yeah. think if we were to discuss why won't he entertain it, I would say it's because of what I just laid out. 
number one, having you need somebody on that bench because the game is so long. And if Herter starts going again, then we're not even having this conversation. Yep. Yep. But number two, you just it's you can't just assume that Malik is gonna do what he does in spurts. And I know he plays a ton of minutes, but in spurts, you can't just say that production is just gonna go into the starting lineup, but more. Yeah. That just does it does I just don't think it happens. I got like nothing that. else to add, my friend. You yeah. you laid it out perfectly. That's and that's, I'd love to see him in bars. It. Yeah. I just want to see it. You know, I, I you know. No, I, you're you've been the one asking this question most, which is probably why you have such a great answer for it. Because I've been <laughs> like I've, I've been here. Yeah. No, now, I, you know, I, I do want him to win six man of the year yeah, for of course, personal right. yes. personal yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a team, I think that this team, if Herder can get cooking again, ultimately this team is best suited. If he's not going to get cooking and you need to look for answers somewhere else. I've also been – I've also said you can have Trey Lyles in it, but some people want to yeah. play the best lineup, and it's taken conversations with Chris and my, as well to say, hey – if it, your starting lineup, if your closing lineup is this, why wouldn't that just be your starting lineup? It's just different. Yeah. It's just different, and you have to you have to try to. Everybody doesn't work the same way. Yep. Kevin Herter is a rhythm guy. He's got to get into rhythm. Maybe he never gets into rhythm. Well, right. then sit him on the bench, yep. right? But I, no, there's nothing else you can do. And yeah, the same no, thing with Harrison Barnes. Now, the Harrison Barnes thing is different. Because at yeah. least you know Herter can get hot. Yep. Harrison Barnes, the dull Brother. Swiss Army knife. We don't know what he's there to do. <laughs> We just don't. Harrison, please, we're trying to figure out what you are here to do. Yeah. All right, got to get to a break. When we get back, Mike Brown and his $50,000. Are you serious? Are I'm not happy about this, okay? It's too much. Thousand Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Search Sackdown Sports and subscribe. $50,000. Goodness gracious. Coach Mike Brown for a laptop. Really? Really? Before we get into how egregious that is, in my opinion, we got to take it back and we got to hear from Coach Mike Brown. And this is a clip. I know a lot of you have probably seen the meme already. So we have about a little under a minute clip because he went for a while. So we just want to give you a a, a kind of listen to what he was trying to show. And there were no, 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 no cursing. No. Okay. Actually, really didn't, really didn't say anything negative about the refs. He just said, I'm trying to figure out the rules. So here is coach Mike Brown. I know David Guthrie and Brian Forte, great guys, great officials. I don't really know Inte. Uh, well, but he seems like a good guy, and they're human, and they all make mistakes. And I just want to dip. Let me let me see that man. I just want to sh- show you guys why I got kicked out of the game right here. This is in the first. Ha- uh, this is in the third qu- third quarter with 128 left to go in, in, in the third. And right here, you can watch. You can watch. Go back and watch. He uh, Fox barely puts his hand on. Uh, on Dame's hip, okay? Incidental contact. He didn't push him or anything. He barely puts his hand on there. And they give him three free throws. Now, at half, we were down, I think, 19 to 5 in the free throws. 19 to 5. And I know that happens sometimes. 
But that's very frustrating when at the end of the half, at the end of the half, from what I get, 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 get told all the time, Malik drives, uh, um, Lopez comes over and goes vertical with a forearm down here. Now, from what the NBA tells me the rule is, if you go vertical, you got to have two hands up. Mm. So he goes on, he, sure he, he breaks it down, and he look, sure does. I, at first I thought that, oh, wow, this is going to be more than Darko. But, and, and that is the you know head coach of the Raptors who had a lot to say last week. But the more I thought about it, I was actually a bit surprised. I guess my question to Adam Silver would be, what is he getting fined for? Mm-hmm. Because Props. For props? <laughs> I have no idea. Right? No, because no Darko, idea. Darko literally sat there and said, if y'all need the Lakers yeah. to win because the NBA needs yes. Los Angeles and LeBron to win— then we won't show up. Crazy. That they that didn't got twenty five. That was twenty five k. He said. He said that you know bad job. Twenty five k. If basically alluding to okay, the Lakers needed to win tonight, and we happen to be on the other side. Twenty five k. Coach Mike Brown literally is just looking for answers. Right. He yeah. doesn't say oh you needed Giannis and the Bucks to win because they're. You know, Giannis is one of the faces of the NBA. Doesn't say any of that. Nope. Just ask questions about what's going on. Brings out a laptop to explain why he got kicked out. <laughs> and he got fined 25 grand more than yeah. Darko. I think that's pretty crazy. It's definitely pretty crazy. And I don't I don't well, know. Well, actually, hold on. Yeah, hold on. Ahead. Sorry. I was Sorry. Gonna... Is he he's getting fined for pursuing it says that's what i was gonna say he's getting fined for way more sense yeah because brendan asked me about that yesterday when they did the show if if i thought that you know him charging the referee had would would add to his i mean brendan was wondering if there was potential suspension possibility Mm -hmm. i didn't think so but i mean this is definitely the uh the counter to that is they're just gonna find him double double Mm -hmm. the fine because you know, I, I didn't think that what he did was that egregious, but I guess you can't run on the floor. And I think I did see Pat Connaughton tripped over Mike Brown. Yeah, as it he was, was pretty bad. Official, it was pretty so. bad, man. I, I mean, what did you? I didn't feel like Mike Brown. I don't want to say wasn't serious, but I think it, it to me felt like a performance. His ejection, not and not necessarily Maybe. saying in a bad way, but I think it was very Mike Brown probably said to himself. I'm gonna get ejected. Kings are three and zero before that when he was ejected. Maybe, but I, the only reason I would push back, and this is from Malik our was own laughing, Brendan also. Nunes, him, him laughing as he's pulling. Yeah, his Toronto head coach Darko Rajakovic was fined 25k for his recent post game press conferences. So I'm assuming this is Brendan. So I'm assuming Mike Brown is getting fined 25,000 for aggressively pursuing a game official, then another 25,000 for publicly criticizing the officiation. That makes sense to yeah, me. Yeah, that makes more sense. That that makes a lot more sense to me because I'll tell you what, it was aggressive. And sure I was. think that it might have been a performance at some point, but I think he found himself in a bad spot when he got on the floor too quick and ran into a player. Yeah. That's bad. It's not great. Yeah. I mean, at that point you could say safety concerns. Yeah. Like what if what if he tur- yeah, turned his ankle? He, yeah, I don't even know what, what if they he do. like hits his knee or whatever. I don't like, know. Yeah. I don't know what the league would have even done. It, that's not good. Yeah. No, so I, mean, I don't yeah. think that was a performance, but I think 
once he got lost in the sauce, he yeah. was he was I'm out of here. Yeah, no, I think I mean it to me it's felt strategic. Even I mean he kind of told on himself a little bit there. Like he said, this is Dame, third quarter. Mm-hmm. This happens, end of third quarter, this happens. He doesn't end up getting ejected until, I think, the nine-minute mark in the fourth quarter. To me, it was, again, very strategic in the sense of, you know, at that point, fourth quarter, nine minutes to go, how much coaching are you really doing? How much, you know, the last five minutes are pretty much decided by the players anyway. Blitz day. Kind of felt like a bit, you know, he's like, I've taken this game as far as I can. We're starting to lose the the grips a little bit on on this game. Let me get kicked out. Maybe yeah. it'll spark some energy. I trust Jordy will do anything. If it happens anyway. one more time, I'm losing it. That's what he's probably yes, said to himself. For sure. If they do this to Foxy one more time yeah. and it doesn't get called, I'm losing it. Yeah. And then I think it was the campaign little screen yeah, the little and he chicken wing. grabbed his 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 uh his hand there. You know, I get it. It was uh, you know, it's it's whatever. Coaches do it all the time. Um it's just it's super unfortunate for Mike that he lost so much money doing it. Yeah, because honestly, if I were Mike, I'm like, this is y'all's fault. This is, I mean, you know, for sure he's blaming it on the officials. But again, I, I think, uh, I think this is more just Mike Brown again. Too, what has Mike Brown been talking about for the past month? Internal leadership. What's the best way to force internal leadership? I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Y'all fix this. Y'all figure this out. It's on y'all. I, I'm going to go watch from the locker room, and uh, yeah, I'm going to need you guys to talk amongst yourselves and figure it out. I think it's a, I think it's it was all a coaching move to me. It was all all planned and all thought out, premeditated from Mike Brown. So, yeah, it was a combo. And he had clips ready. He had two clips yeah. back-to-back ready. Yeah. It was a combo number five, or should I say number 50,000, and here is the NBA communications note. Sacramento Kings head coach Mike Brown has been fined $50,000 for aggressively pursuing a game official during live play and for publicly criticizing the officiating. It was announced today by Joe Dumars, executive vice president, head of basketball operations. Brown's actions took place during and after the Kings' overtime loss to the Milwaukee Bucks January 14th. It sucks, man. Half and half. $50,000? Like... He's just, how does that work? Does he like just ha- he has to pay that by Friday? But I am really curious that now. Like, that's terrible. Yeah, I am really curious now if he didn't aggressively, if he if he just got a normal kick out. Yeah, I just want to know how much they would have charged him for bringing out the laptop. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Probably twenty five. I mean, I think it's safe to say twenty five because, like you said, I mean, he wasn't insinuating match fixing like Darko was he yeah but Darko got 25 he did get, well that's why I feel like he probably would have still gotten that 25 mm-hmm. and then it's it's probably two separate violations and I don't know I mean it's it's uh he definitely got his money's worth out of it mm-hmm. that's for sure and uh it was great to get I was the, scared uh, it's great to get the meme too I mean that meme's gonna live live on for a while that's gonna be like the Patrick Beverly showing the the referee yeah. the uh the camera same same energy there, so uh, you know at least he got his money for it. I'm already I'm already cooking up a uh, a Photoshop. The Kings take Ooh. down the Warriors. I got some. with Mike Brown. Like well, that? I just think it's a Photoshop it's that's going to live forever. Easy, easy, it's an easy, easy one. Let me tell you, I, I cooked up a couple of them and mm-hmm. and they they hit easy. Okay, mm-hmm. it was it was good. Uh, you know, me convincing my girlfriend at 10:30 to get us Taco Bell. <laughs> Mike Brown pointing at the screen, yeah, doing yeah. all of his things. It's uh, it's it's easy material. So. It it really is. All right, before we get to crosstalk, it's time. Ooh, for the dog segment, and the dog oh, segment. Yeah. We do that. I forgot. Is that. sponsored by Could Be You. Could Be You. Give us a call nine one six three three nine eleven forty, and Nate 
will take care of you. You know, they really need to they really need to get back on the winning side of things. Yeah. Two losses over the weekend. Back to back. I'm waiting for a huge De'Aaron Fox game. Mm. I feel like we haven't had a huge, and he played well late in Milwaukee, but I mean a banger. I feel like we haven't seen a banger De'Aaron Fox game in a minute. I'm tempted. Another Kentucky matchup. It's a good time. With just 8,000 Kentucky guards in the NBA. That's true. I'm going to. They've got no point guard over in Phoenix. No point guard. They're trying to do it. I think one of the athlete podcasts were saying that's the problem with the Suns. Stop making. Maybe they're. You know who's available? Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry to the Suns. Someone in the chat said that. That's not a crazy pickup for the Suns, I feel like. No, I. It, any problem with the Suns, though, is going to be, again, what are they shipping off? Like, they shipped Wants off everything at this yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're Miami, what I don't know. Do you want Chemezi Metu back? I'm I'm, I'm good. I, I just don't know how – I don't know how Phoenix gets better. It just feels like, I mean, they're pretty hamstrung unless they're going to move on from Grayson Allen, who's honestly been pretty good for them. Who's yeah. behind Nurkic? Uh, they play Chemezi Metu. They play That's Chemezi it? Metu. They've played Bull Bull like a handful of games. Why do you just really. say Eubanks too, I think? Uh, Eubanks, yeah. Eubanks definitely gets yeah. in there. Um, I mean, they really don't have a good a good answer there. I'm going De'Aaron Fox tonight. I want to go Sabonis. Um, I really am not a fan of Nurkic at all. I think he's, oh, I think we he's know. pretty soft. We know. Uh, Charmin soft. Um, we know. Charmin could be the sponsor. Could. It really could be. Uh, it's tough. I want to go Keegan, but we just don't know if he's playing or not. I think he's still a game-time decision. You know what? Let's let's keep the Herder heater going. Mm-hmm. Let's say Kevin Herder. Give me 20-plus again. Uh, give me uh, give me three-plus threes for Kevin Herder. 20-plus wow. and three-plus threes. You know, when he, did, when he gets hot, he gets hot. He gets hot. I think that's In a great— In the Valley? Come on. Yeah, I think that's a great— in a great the pick there. In the valley. Nate, who you got? Who's your dog? Ooh, in the swampy valley. Who's my dog? That's kind of what I was asking about the backup uh, behind Nurkic. But I think I'm just going to go with uh, Keegan. I think Keegan, right. you know, um, you think Durant's going to be on him? Is that how that works? Probably. Uh, Yeah. If he's yeah. in a or play. Book. Yeah. Well, Keegan, we're still figuring out. It if would he's going to play tonight. be so sick to see Keegan bunker. torch one of those guys. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to will into existence here. I, 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 you know, a lot of people made fun of me for taking the Packers over the Cowboys, uh, which I did. And, Actually, yeah. And, you know, and that's fine. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to will Keegan Murray into being a dog. There you go. <laughs> we got Keegan Murray. You have... You had Sabonis, right? Uh, no, I ended up going with uh, Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter, the Herter heater. I'm seeing on the sack chat they're taking Sabonis. Sabonis is going to eat tonight. He always feasts against Nurkic. And I have De'Aaron Fox, Beamer Beams, or Beamly with Malik Monk. We will be back with Crosstalk. The Drive Guys, Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Sports. Call or text at 916-339-1140. Kyle Shanahan 
said that he started preparing for the Packers in the second <laughs> quarter. <laughs> Just a little bit of shade there from Kyle Shanahan to the Dallas Cowboys. And why not get in where you fit in if you are the Niners or Niners fans? You should be feeling really good about it. Whitey Gleason joins us of Hello. the Drive Guys. Whitey, I mean, I don't know if you are a Super Bowl or bust type of fan or type of sports person. I feel like you're not, but at the same time, maybe get to Super Bowl or mm. bust, right? Maybe you get there and you got to face Lamar or Josh Allen. You better win the who, Super Bowl. Who, who knows? Yeah, at this point, you better win the Super Bowl. Okay, so you're you're with us. Yeah. You're with yeah. us. Okay, this is what I love to see. <laughs> well, I they, love they, to hear. Really, yeah. Because re- at some point, you know, you can only say, well, that window's still open for so long. Yeah. So the whole key to this game, though, is – Green Bay is very poor at defending other teams' backs in the passing game. So this is like the worst possible matchup for them, right? Yeah. yeah. They're really poor at that. But if they can if they can keep the ball, you know, mm-hmm. if they can keep the 49ers offense off the field, they got a chance to make it close. Yeah, I, I thought that what Jordan Love did was impressive. But again, yeah. you're you, I don't know what that's gonna look like against the Niners. The Niners defense. And then on the other side of things, me and Chris were talking. You know, one thing you never hear about with the Cowboys is how they just decided, going back to your note about uh, the the Packers secondary, the Cowboys just never decided to buy into a number two receiver. I just thought that was always weird. They went with, is it Brandon Cooks right. or or Michael Gallup? I never really understood. You have such a good receiver in CeeDee Lamb, and the Packers just said, yeah, we're just not going to let you throw to that guy. And it was over. Yeah. No, I mean, I think Tony Pollard truly let the Cowboys down this year, too, yeah. again. Like, the the amount of hype that they had for Tony Pollard and the guy he was supposed to be, I mean, you weren't even supposed to realize Zeke was gone. And, mm-hmm. and to me, I mean, they couldn't get it done in the red zone. Not that that was the problem uh, the other day, but, I mean, if they have some sort of running game to lean on, how much does that help Dak and, and mm-hmm. just get that offense into a rhythm? Because that's the other thing is you looked at that game at the end of the first, wasn't it 10 nothing already? It's yeah. like – they, they put themselves behind the eight ball so quickly, and then Dak was the only one who was able to pull them out, and you saw that he just put them further and further in the hole. So, yeah. you know, it, it's definitely a combination of a lot of things, but I think, I mean, it, it's it's really shocking to me that they, were th- that they lose that game. Again, it's one thing to finally get to the test of the Niners and then not be able to meet yeah. that moment, but to not even – get to that game is just it's it's insane and I I have no idea how they can run Mike McCarthy and, and Dak out there again next year. That's Dan insane. Quinn's a loser too. Just sure think is. if you're another team thinking, man, that guy'd be a great head yeah. coach for us. Oh, maybe not. Yeah, you pack that on with the with <laughs> yeah. the Super Bowl as well. And it's yeah. like I would like to interview uh more candidates. And maybe yeah. it's a situation where there's a group with 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 players, we've gone through the players that we grew up seeing, whether it's Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, a lot of these guys. Hey, Johnny Unitas and Mike. Johnny <laughs> Unitas, right? And these guys Marco are Nagurski, yeah. Drew Brees, all these guys. Okay, Grandma. we finally have we have moved on from them. And maybe we're at that point with certain coaches too. Like, is Mike McCarthy gonna get? I'm still waiting for the the post that says he's done. But is Mike McCarthy gonna get another chance, or is it? Are we done with Mike McCarthy now? I I mean, you know, he'll probably be a coordinator somewhere, if not on yeah. on Fox. But I mean, I I would assume probably not as a head coach. It'd be mm. it'd be tough for him to. 
I mean, though he's had success, I mean, he, he's got a Super Bowl in Green Bay. You could attribute that to Aaron Rodgers if you want. But he even has had regular season success with the Cowboys. It's just I wouldn't trust him. I mean, if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, it kind of depends on what the situation is too. Like he might make sense in a – not specifically for this team. They've got a coach, but like in a Cardinals or Panthers situation where you're trying to get them out the mud into regularity. But – you know, if you're trying to take a good roster and turn it into a Super Bowl, I don't know if McCarthy's your guy. I can think of two teams right now that I know would interview him if he got fired today. Who? The Arlington Renegades <laughs> and the Seattle Sea Dragons. Yeah, there USFL, you go. USFL, man. <laughs> Here Summer you go. football. Can't wait. Speaking of the Falcons, this is from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Former Patriots head coach Bill Belichick is interested in coaching, quote, talented yet underachieving teams for his next landing hmm. spot. So – do with that what you will. A lot of people are mentioning the Falcons. Yeah, I think he okay. inter- he he completed an interview with Atlanta. So you have the weekend. Falcons. Yeah. They got he, no quarterback. And no. now it's just it's just a list of teams. The, somebody says the Cowboys. Somebody says the Eagles. Right. Somebody says the Chargers. So Bill Belichick is going to have his have his pick of the litter. I say Cowboys. I think Cowboys he's going. I I have a buddy. A and he listens to this show. Shout out my guy Evan. I, he's probably listening now. And he told me. We Evan Giddings? About, no, no. But shout out <laughs> Evan Giddings is what we talk all the time. And I'm driving. I'm picking up my Fire Wings to watch shout the game. Out. Shout out Fire Wings. And, of course, got my Sponsor lemon pepper as well. Show. And we're talking on the phone. And he you says, I'm telling you, Alan. Yeah. I'm, 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 <laughs> we should have a shout out tracker. How many shout outs per show? So he goes, I'm telling you, Alan. LaFleur from that Shanahan tree. I'm telling you, Alan, the Packers won't just beat the Cowboys. They're going to smack the Cowboys, mm. and Bill Belichick will be the next coach of the Cowboys. He's one for one wow. for one yeah. so far. We'll see if he's two for two. But I think that, you know, it's insanity, and Jerry Jones might be looking at the mirror and say, fine, I'll take a back seat. We'll, we'll bring in a kind of a stronger-minded individual, yeah. and let's see if we can get this done. Yeah. By the way, I guess we got the answer to the question we were throwing around Friday. Why would NBC do this thing with Peacock? Because the numbers were staggering. Yeah. So now they have something else they can sell, that mm-hmm. package. I, I did have not Peacock, watch Peacock, and I couldn't watch. At first, I couldn't get it. <laughs> I was going nuts. What do you mean? I couldn't. It wouldn't come on. It just kept, you know, buffering. Oh, it was like, buffering? Yeah, like, come on. Finally, I ended up. I think third quarter I got it on. Really? I'm oh sure. my gosh. Well, wow. I was doing some other things yeah, too. Right. But yeah, it was definitely a little glitchy. Was on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was definitely a little glitchy a couple different times. So, yeah. Shout out all my streamers out there. Well, you know, I'm not. Hey, did me well. Out. Yeah. Did me well. Shout out streamers. A couple yeah. more minutes left here, Whitey, as we two minute s- warning. Switch on over <laughs> to the Kings. Chris and I had a back and forth about hey. Do you leave Brooke Lopez wide open and just get the ball out of Dame's hands? What were your thoughts on that last play in Milwaukee? Uh, they well, they weren't guarding either one of those two, were they? I mean, Brooke Lopez got the ball. And Brooke just was right at half out. court. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. sure, or Malik Beasley, just get the ball out of Dame's hands. Yeah, well, I think Coach even said that, if I remember correctly, in Anthony Slater's story, he said before he went on about the officials, Mike Brown said, "Yeah, we 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 should we needed to blitz there. We needed to blitz Dame." Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, because but that's hard to do when a guy's a running start. But mm-hmm. still, yeah, they didn't defend that very well. And still, the guy made a. Why? Well, I, yeah, I a have a shot. theory I want to throw by you. Uh, I was I've been workshopping it, so it's not perfect. But uh, what mm. do you think about? I was trying to, because it's not just Mike Brown. Like you said, Darko the other day had this long rant about officiating, and I don't think Darko necessarily falls into this category. But 
What do you think about the fact that this theory that I have, that hmm. the real problem with NBA players, veterans, and coaches and versus officials right now is this – you don't have the old guard of officials who, you know, there's the Joey Crawfords, the Dick Bavettas of the world who were – in the NBA for 20, 30 years at a time. And, you know, almost they're from the Stern era where it's not necessary. You know, officials almost are their own character in the story as well, where now you're seeing a lot of younger officials, a lot of first through fifth year guys who have come up in this new school of officiating. I mean, think about the differences of, you know, just how school in general was for you versus me. I can't imagine how different the teaching is from Dick Bavetta's time is learning how to be an official to these new officials now. And there's just a disconnect between how the game has been called through. I mean, think about Mike Brown and how many organizations and teams and how many years he spent in the NBA watching the game officiated this one way. And now it feels like there's a whole new school of thinking, possibly because there quite literally is a new school of thinking. Yeah, that could be contributing to the lack of consistency. Real quick, I was talking yesterday to a friend of mine. It's not. Its name is Bill Simmons. It's not the Bill Simmons that you know. Okay. Bill Simmons. Sure. He used to officiate in the NBA briefly, and I haven't talked to him while. Well. He says I don't even watch the games anymore. Really? Uh, and he's lost interest for a number of reasons, I think. But he said I watch a game now. And again, this is a former official. He said someone go to the basket. Get destroyed. There's no call. Nothing. At yeah. the other end, someone goes to the basket. Someone grazes them, and then they're going to the foul line. Right. He says, "I I don't understand what's going on." That's a former official. So I do think there's, for whatever reason, maybe that's part of the reason. But it's just really inconsistent now. And if you're a coach, going, "Come on, what's going on?" Yeah. yeah. And you can't say anything. I, I I was, and I know half of it was the aggressiveness of on the court. But as far as what he said, I was trying to discuss with with Chris, or wanted to discuss with Chris. What percentage of that fine was from actually just breaking it down? Because he's just asking questions. And if you can't ask questions, yeah. then we don't have a show. You, mm. yeah, we, we, we don't have I'm a show. Just, and, you should have said, I'm just asking. Yeah, I'm just asking. But Mike went Alan Styles there. I'm just yeah. asking a question. All right. Thank you to Nate. Thank you to all of our guests, Styles and Watkins. We will talk to you tomorrow. Drive Guys up next yeah. with Whitey Gleason and Kyle Draper. Until tomorrow, secure the bag, light the beam.